Welcome to the Money Diaries. I am your host, Nicole Ayub, and I am the founder of Wall Street Girl Next Door. Here at the Money Diaries, we are going to be untangling the emotional relationship we have with our money and having an intimate conversation about the sides of money we never talk about. We will be diving into fear, shame, money wounds, habits, behaviors, and how we can heal them to have a beautiful and healthy relationship with our money. Here we go. Welcome back, everyone. I am glad that you are joining me on this next episode of The Money Diaries. So on this episode, I'm going to be diving into my personal money story in more detail. I gave you some background information on my money story a little bit in the first episode. And then I thought it'd be good for you to understand more about more on an in-depth level, my money story, and also my thoughts and beliefs around money and a little bit around debt. I'm going to do a separate episode more in depth on debt, but I'm going to touch on it a little bit in this episode. So my money story and what I mean by a money story is what are the beliefs that I have around money? How did I grow up? And what are the beliefs and habits that I saw growing up and that I was taught that then fed through to me as an adult and into my adult life and into my current habits and behaviors. And so when I say money story, it's just what's my past with money and my finances, because we all have a money story. And it usually starts with how we were brought up as children, and then it evolves through adulthood and your money story can change. And so if you grew up a certain way with certain habits and behaviors, maybe you saw certain things and you went the complete other direction and you said, I don't ever want to have these habits and behaviors or live this way. So I'm going to go the other direction. That's part of your money story. Also part of your money story can be this is what I saw and this is how I was brought up. And these are the beliefs and the habits and the behaviors that I have. And those can be good and bad. You get to decide what you want your money story to be. And you can also shift any of those habits and behaviors at any time. And so if your story has gone one way and you want to shift it to go another way, you completely can do that. And I think sometimes people can think this is just the way that I am. And this is going to be the way that I'm going to be forever. And that's not the case. We can shift that at any time. We can have a new story. We can build a new story. We can totally flip the script. And so we have the power to do that. It just takes having awareness around what is my story and what do I want it to be? And am I living the story that I want to be living with my money and my finances? And so Knowing what your money story is, is actually really important. And I don't know that we think about it or put much thought into it. Sometimes we don't even, we're not even aware of the habits and the behaviors that we have because we've just had them forever. And so it's having awareness of how do I actually feel and interact and relate to my money and my finances. And so that's really where I'm going to start and where you should also start too on your money journey is just spending some time thinking about what your money story is and what those habits and beliefs that you currently have today are and where they come from. And are there any that you want to shift? So my money story is I 
come from a family that is very hardworking and very self-made. My parents owned a physical therapy corporation and they worked very hard for the life that they have and they've done very well for themselves, but they worked really hard for it. And I saw that and I saw that work ethic and that's, you know, kind of where I got that work ethic from seeing my parents grow their business and and have that strong work ethic, which I'm really grateful for. And my parents are also really big savers. And so they've always been very responsible. Well, I mean, I can't say they always have been. So as far as I can remember, my parents have always been savers and have been really good and diligent with managing their money. And I also have parents that my dad is one way with his money and he's not a spender at all. He very much is a humble man and I don't think has probably been shopping to buy himself like any like new clothes in 20 years. And anytime my mom and I would buy him anything new, he would just return it. And that's just the way that he is. He lives like a very, he doesn't need a lot of fancy things to make him happy. And my mom, on the other hand, she is more of a spender and a shopper. And so it's a little bit of like both ends of the spectrum. And so but collectively, my parents as a whole, I grew up with you make money, and then you save money and you're smart with your money. And so that's kind of the mentality that I grew up with. And so I've always been a saver. And so I started saving at a really young age. And I talked about this in the first episode, but I started investing in the stock market when I was in sixth grade. So 11 years old was the first time that I started investing in the stock market when I did that stock picking challenge as an assignment in sixth grade. And I got the opportunity to see what investing can do and the power of investing. And so when I got really into that stock picking challenge, my parents gave me some real money. And they were like, okay, this is your money. If you lose it, you lose it. And whatever you make is yours. And so I got to see the power of investing at a very young age. And I also saw how important it is to start saving because I wanted to keep investing more money. And I know that that's not the norm that not every 11 year old kid gets really into investing and saving. And I also started working at a young age. So I started working at my parents company after school, sometime in high school. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I was pretty young. And I started maybe like 14 or 15 years old working for them after work and seeing how what I wanted to do with my money. So that was when I started to make my own money. And then at that point, you know, I was so young, my parents were taking care of me. And so I was able to save that money. And I saw how hard it is to save money. Like if I had something that I wanted to save for, I saw how much work it to like get to that to the place that I wanted if it was like something I wanted to save up for or something I wanted to buy, I saw it's like, oh, this actually takes like quite a bit of work to get there. But I was able to see the power of that. So that's how it started. Now, it would have been wonderful if that's how my story stayed. And I just continued to live that way, you know, throughout my life. But that is not the way that my story goes. And like most things in life, it has been a very roller coaster of up and down some loops and some 
scary times, some fear, and, you know, then kind of like coming out the other side. And so that's how my story started. I was able to continue to save money in the stock market. And I continued to put money away in my investments and I let them sit there for a while. And then I didn't get my first credit card in my own name until I was 24 years old. I never trusted myself with a credit card. I have always believed that a credit card is so much responsibility. And I honestly knew I wasn't responsible enough to handle it because I was a shopper. And so my mom and I used to go and we used to shop all the time. And so I was I, you know, I loved it. I loved going out and like buying new clothes and having new things. And I loved the experience of it, too. And so I never trusted myself with a credit card. And so when I graduated from college shortly after I went to go buy my first home. And so I went to go buy a condo in San Diego, where I'm from. And I didn't have any credit built. And so, you know, and I was like 24 years old, I was relatively young, and I didn't have any credit. I didn't have anything besides just, I think, a checking and a savings account at that time. And so I had to start building credit. And that's when I got my first credit card. And then my parents had to co-sign on my condo with me because I didn't have any credit. I like couldn't buy this home. And so the money that I had invested since I was a little girl, I kept in, in the stock market. And then when I went to go buy my first home, I cashed out of those investments and put that in as my down payment on my condo, which I still own today. And so that's how and I still so that's like the one my goal for that for my condo was that that was always going to be an investment property for me. My parents also have done some real estate investing. And so I always saw the power of real estate. And so that that was just something that I saw. And I always knew that I wanted to build that part of my portfolio. And my net worth was through real estate. And so got my condo when I bought it. I knew that this was a long term investment, which is why I took the money out of the stock market and put it into real estate is I had to look at it from a long-term investment horizon. And so I knew I'm going to live in this condo for a while. And then I'm just going to rent it out and, and have this as an investment property. And that's what I have it as today. And so I have tenants that live in it. And it's been a really great investment for me. And it's done fairly well in the past. Let's see, I've owned it for 16 years now. And so it's done what it what I wanted it to do. And so when I got my credit card at 24, that is where my struggle with credit cards and debt started, which was exactly my fear was I knew that if I had the ability to spend money I didn't have, I would do that. And that's what happened. And so in my 20s, I was fairly irresponsible with my money. And so that being said, I've always put money away in my 401k ever since I started investing in my 401k on my 22nd birthday. And I have invested, I have always put money into my 401k ever since then. I've never stopped. And so that I've always done. And I've always had some form of savings on the sideline. Not enough to always pay off my debt, but I've always had some form of savings in a savings account that I've always had. And so when I had, I had two credit cards in my 20s and I got into a lot of trouble with them because I was just buying stuff 
that I couldn't afford. And so these were like luxury handbags and things that I just straight up could not afford and trips that I couldn't afford. I was just living outside of my means because I could and I didn't have the discipline at that time to handle a credit card. And I knew that I didn't have that. I knew that I would get into some form of trouble with a credit card, which is why I put it off for so long. So it is a big responsibility. It really is. And I think because we can get credit cards so easily that we don't realize what a big responsibility they are. And trust me, I will be doing a whole nother episode on credit cards. So I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole of that right now. But I did have that fear. And that fear did come to life because it got me into a lot of trouble. And so I was just buying things that didn't mean anything in my life. Like they were filling voids. And it was things that I wanted, but it was also things to keep up with other people. And they were very fleeting things. And they weren't things that were necessarily adding any value to my life. And so those were the things that I spent my money on and what I accumulated debt for. And that's the unconscious debt. And I'm going to get into that when I do an episode, which is probably going to be the next episode. It's going to be an episode talking about aligned debt and unconscious debt. And so in my 20s, I was just spending money frivolously. I was shopping all the time. I didn't have any goals that I was working towards. And so my money was just kind of going all over the place. I got myself into some debt. I had to pay off my debt, which the only way to do that is you have to make adjustments to your lifestyle or you have to start making more money to pay down your credit card. So that's the only way that you can do that. So if you're living a lifestyle outside of your means and then you have credit card debt and you don't, you're already living outside your means, you have to change something in order to pay that down. And that's where this can get into a really deep, like, whole of debt is where do you get that money to pay down your debt if you already didn't have money to pay for the things that you're putting on your credit card. So that's where I was. And so I was irresponsible with my money at that time. I wasn't being conscious of anything that I was doing. And luckily, I still invested in my 401k. And I wasn't maxing it out either. Like I was barely putting anything in there, but putting something away is better than nothing. And so I always want to say that, like, even if you're contributing like a little amount to your 401k, it's better than not contributing anything. And so during my 20s, that was how I was spending my money. And then when I, so the year before I moved to New York, I had this goal of living in New York for a year and a half. So it was about a year and a half for this dream to come to fruition. And so that year and a half before I moved to New York, I literally, this was my goal. This was, I had my eye on the prize. I wanted this more than anything. And when I had that goal, everything with my money shifted because my money now had purpose. And so every time I went to go spend money, I would think, is this going to be taking me closer or farther away than me being able to move to New York? And like, I wanted this dream so badly with everything inside of me. Like, I wanted this more than anything. 
And so it was the most important thing to me to make this dream come to life. And so it was more important. I had to sacrifice going out. I sacrificed trips. Like I had my eye on this prize and I never took my eye off of it until it came to fruition. And so once I had this dream and this goal, everything shifted with my money. And that's why goals are so important is because when you have a goal, it gives your money direction, especially if it's something you really want. And it's something that's really important to you. Even if it's not, even if you have a small goal, it still gives your money direction. But if there is something that you want with everything in your soul, then you will do whatever it takes to get there. And that's what I did with moving to New York. And I saved, I think I saved like $30,000. I saved a lot of money. And I moved here with that money. That was my money that I, I mean, I had to start from scratch. So I moved here with two suitcases and that was it. Like I had to start completely from scratch. And I knew that that was going to take some money. And so, and I also wanted to move here with just a little bit more of a cushion. So I moved here and even though San Diego is not, the cheapest place by any means to live. New York City is on a whole nother level of expensive. And the lifestyle is very different. And it took a lot of adjusting for me to get used to that. And I just was spending money differently because my lifestyle was so different and I needed to put money towards other things. And it was just a huge, huge lifestyle adjustment for me. And my first couple years here in the city, I was in so much scarcity and fear, like I was running on scarcity and fear, because I was spending money so quickly. And everything was just really expensive compared to San Diego and compared to what I was used to. And that took a really big adjustment period. And so the money that I saved went super quickly because I had to rent an apartment and pay a broker. And then I had to furnish my apartment. And, you know, like I said, I had to start from scratch. I had to build a life here. And that took a bit of the money that I had saved. But I always kept there's always a dollar amount that I have. And I never let my savings go below that amount. And so I made sure that I kept my savings at a certain amount so that I always need to have a little bit of a safety net for my comfort. And it was a good thing that I did that because I've had to dip into my savings many times since I've lived in New York. Like this is not an easy place to live financially. It's very hard to save money here and it's just an expensive city. So I just had a ton of fear. And then it was just also the adjustment of prices in New York just added to that as well. And so I kept my savings, but then I kept adding to my debt again. So then my credit cards came back in. And this is like, where the mindset comes in is it felt more comfortable for me to use a credit card than it did for me to use the money in my savings account. And then I would use the money in my savings account to pay off my credit card. And so this is the loop that I was in, which doesn't really make sense. But at the time, that's just what made sense to me because I wanted to still keep money in my savings, even though I had a credit card bill. And so I would use my savings to then pay off my credit card. And I was just spending money like going out all the time. And I was just going out and 
making new friends and like living this New York, like Manhattan lifestyle, which costs a lot of money. And the more you go out here, like it just drains your bank account. It literally is it like will drain your bank account so quickly. And even though I was going out and I was having a lot of fun and having a good time, it was causing me a lot of stress because I would go out and I would have fun, but I would be like, I don't really have money to do this. I shouldn't really be doing this because I don't have money to pay for it. And so that would underneath create a lot of anxiety. So I guess instead of saying anxiety, it would cause me a lot of fear that I would be spending money that I didn't have, but I kept doing it. And so I was in this cycle of fear. And then I had a lot of shame because I was always taught that debt is this bad thing. You should never have debt. And if you have debt, then you're being irresponsible with your money. And that's the narrative that I was telling myself in my head. So then I was creating a lot of shame for myself. And also like I work in finance and I work in wealth management. And so there's also this idea that I should be good with my money because of what I do for my career. And that's 100% not the case, but I had this, I would put pressure on myself and have this ideal in my head that I should be more responsible with my money and have this figured out and I shouldn't have debt and I should know how to manage my credit card better. And so this was the narrative that I would tell myself. And then that didn't really help the situation that didn't help me get out of this situation. And so I kept getting into a little bit more of credit card debt. And then I would have to pay it off again. And then I'd say like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. And then, you know, lifestyle happens. And it's just, I was in the cycle. And so I would pay off my credit card and then get back into debt. And it's like, it creeps up very sneakily, where it's like only I'll put 100 or $200 on and then I'll pay it off. And then it's like, okay, well, another $100 and then I'll just pay off the $300. And then it's just, it keeps going and going and going. And then it accumulates without me paying off my credit card. And so that's how my credit card debt got away from me was it was just little bits added here and there. And so I had to, at a certain point, really address my finances and what I was doing with my credit cards and this debt that I had because I wanted to get out of this cycle. So at that time, I was just spending money unconsciously on things that weren't helping me. They weren't getting me ahead. They were things that were actually quite bringing me down and causing a lot of chaos in my life. And so that was also part of the shame that I had around my debt. It was my unconscious debt. It just wasn't helping me or serving me. And so I had to really sit down and I had to look at my relationship with my money and my finances. And this took a long time. I mean, it did not happen overnight by any means. And this is also still a work in progress. And so I'm continually working on my relationship with my money, my finances and my debt. But I have shifted a lot. And so I have gone through periods where I have paid off my debt. And that's felt like a huge relief and weight lifted off. And so I know how it feels when you are debt free. And you can open up your credit card and you see a zero balance like there is so much freedom that comes with that. And so I know how that feels. And I also know how it feels when you open up your credit card and you see a balance that 
gives you a knot in your stomach. And that's why I think it's so important to familiarize yourself, to get comfortable looking at these numbers. Because if you open your credit card statement or your banking app and it makes your stomach kind of go upside down or it's just something that doesn't make you feel comfortable, then that means that there's work to be done. Instead of ignoring it, it's like, what do I need to do to work past this? And so that's where I got is... I didn't want to check my checking account or my savings account. And I wouldn't like I've always been able to check it occasionally. Like it's not something that I completely swept under the rug, but I wasn't checking it and checking my spending because I didn't want to look at my spending. I knew that I was spending outside of my means and I knew where all my money was going. And that didn't make me happy. And so I didn't look at it because I didn't want to, because I knew if I looked at it, then I would have to make some lifestyle adjustments. So just to show the power of why it's so important to track your spending and to see where your money is going and how quickly money can add up. So I have an app. So on the last episode, I mentioned that I stopped drinking alcohol a little over four years ago. So July of 2019. And I have an app that tracks my sober day count and also estimates the amount of hours and money that I've saved by not drinking that amount of time. And so just to show you the power of that and why it's so important, this app said that I have saved over, I think it's something like $52,000. Now that was like estimating, I think $35 a day on drinking, which in New York City, is so easily to do. And that's just an average, right? Like if you don't go out every night and then when nights when you do go out, you spend more money. It was just a rough conservative estimate. That's why it's so important to track your spending and to track it over time because that's not where I wanted my money to be going. And especially over four years now, do I have an extra $52,000 sitting in my bank account? Absolutely not. But where that was like the unconscious spending is that I was just going out all the time and and like shopping. I want to talk about that for a second because I used to emotionally shop all the time because I thought that if I had like a bright, shiny new outfit or something that that would make me feel better. And it did not. And those feelings were very fleeting. And it was like at one point, like I was just shopping from this one boutique that I buy clothes from in San Diego. And I was just buying clothes all the time. That was like the shopping out of emotion and like the me trying to fill voids that were never going to be filled with clothes or new shoes or anything like that. And so that's why it's so important to pay attention to the emotion that's driving these financial decisions that you're making is to really check in and say like, what am I trying to fill right now? Maybe it is like there are some times where it's like, okay, I need like a new pair of pants for work, or I need to replace these sneakers with like a new pair. And that's totally fine. Like you absolutely should do that. But then there are other times where I will notice and now I have the consciousness to stop and check in and say, okay, is this really something that I need? Or is this just something that I'm trying to fill? And this is like an emotional response. I have that ability now. 
I did not then. I had to really work on shifting my habits and behaviors and my mindset to get myself to a point where I can do that. A few years ago, I didn't have that. And it was just like, if I want it, I buy it. If I can't afford it, I'll put it on my credit card. And then I'll just deal with the balance somehow. I'm just going to pay it down slowly. And that's like the part of where I got stuck in this cycle was it's just like I can never really pay off that balance. And so I had to stop and I had to look at my financial situation. And a lot of that did shift when I got sober because my lifestyle changed a lot for the better, really like across the board, all positives. But my lifestyle shifted. And I was able to really look at how the lifestyle that I was living was just creating a lot of chaos and a lot of damage to my future. And even financially, it was creating a lot of financial turmoil in my life. And I didn't want that anymore. So I had to change my habits and my behaviors. And now I'm not saying like everybody needs to go give up alcohol. That's everyone's choice. But that was just my story. That's just things that I needed to do. And so when I did that, I was able to step back and say, okay, what do I need? What's the picture that I want to paint for my future and my finances? And I had to really break that down and I had to build that picture. And I also had to work a lot on my mindset around debt. And so this came in when I started working with my mentor that I also mentioned in the last episode. When I started working with Yarrow, I didn't have the money to commit to her first course. And I sat on it for when she told me when I talked to her about it and she told me the price, I was like, oh my God, like, no, I can't afford that. That's like a lot of money. And I almost didn't do it because of the financial cost. But I also knew, I knew that if I wanted to make progress in my life and the capacity that I wanted to, I had to invest in myself. And I had to make this investment for my future. So my mindset shifted. And so it went from, I'm just buying random things to fill voids and I'm going to consciously spend money on something that is in alignment with my goals and is in alignment with the life that I want and who I want to be. And this is now an investment. Me buying clothes frivolously is not an investment at all. And so I had to shift that narrative. And then that's really how my story shifted from me unconsciously spending money on random things that were causing me a lot of stress to I'm now going to spend my money and invest in things for myself and for my future. And I had to let that fear go because I knew that this was something that I had to do. And I'm so glad that I did that. And I took that leap of faith because that pivotal moment has changed everything for me. And so when I was able to commit to myself, and this is also like, when you make a financial commitment in yourself, like you take it seriously. And there is something to be said about that to where it's like, when you make this big financial commitment to yourself and to this program and whatever it is that you're putting your money towards, I made sure that I showed up and I did it and I took it seriously. If it would have been like a small financial commitment, something that I was just like, eh, whatever, you know, I wouldn't have taken it as seriously. But 
when I knew it's just like, okay, this is significant for me at this point, I took it more seriously. And I took the commitment to it more seriously. And there is something to be said about that. And so I know like sometimes even people like investing in their like a financial coach or anything for their financial future can be really scary. But it's like when you make that commitment to yourself, like you take it seriously, because there is a financial component to it. Especially if the thing that you're trying to get in order is your finances and your debt. And you can sometimes be like, I don't have money for this. How can I invest in it? And it's like, but if this is going to be the thing that's going to help you get to where you need to go, then it is an investment in your future and in yourself. And that's how I see things now. And so that's where I started this journey with aligned debt. And trust me, like, it's still, I still carry some fear around it sometimes, but I've really been able to shift a lot of the fear and a lot of the shame that I have. And I've also created, so for me, it's like, I know my financial situation and because of my job, I know that I have a bonus that comes in that I can pay off my debt at a certain time. And so this is how I look at my debt right now is it's just like everything that, I because I currently do have credit card debt and it's all has gone to mentorship. 100% of it is I have invested and it's really been the last two and a half years that I have invested so heavily in myself. I also started my business, which took some money and I was able to make back most of the money that I started this business with. And so I believe on a business level, I've broke even this year, which I'm actually pretty proud of being able to break even in my first year. But I mean, it's not a profitable business yet. That's what I have to invest in myself and my coaches is to get it to that point. Because I know because I've tried to fight so many of these battles on my own in the past that if I try to do this, it's like I get stuck in mud. And it's just it so much more stressful for me. And I really can't think myself out of my own box. Like I have to have somebody there that can help guide me. And that's what I've invested in. Everything that I have put on my credit card has been for my future and for myself and to help me step in to the woman that I want to be and to have the life that I want to have, and also to have the financial freedom I want to have. I know that I need that support to help get me there in all aspects of my life. And so now I just recently started working with a another healer here in Manhattan that I found like about a month ago, which complements my other forms of therapy that I have. And when I found her, I didn't even question it. Because it's this is like a short term form. I'm doing a form of hypnotherapy with some energy healing and it complements the other forms of work that I do with Yarrow. And I also do EMDR therapy. And so they kind of go hand in hand. And I'm not going to be doing this forever. And I know that but this is just what I'm doing for today in order to get me that freedom that I need to get to where I want to be on an emotional and mental level. So this is the way that I think about it is I was a competitive athlete at a very young age. I was a competitive figure skater. I started figure skating at a very young age. And as soon as I started doing it, like I was a very, very dedicated competitive athlete. Like my whole life, everything I did 
besides going to school, like I dedicated to my ice skating career and to being like the best ice skater that I could be on and off the ice. And that's now what I'm doing with my emotional and mental health. It is so important to me. And so I know that this is just kind of like the training and the support that I need to help me get to where I want to go. And I know that it's also like, I'm not going to have to be making this much of an investment forever. And so when I got this new, when I found this new therapist just about a month ago, I didn't hesitate. Like when I did, when Yaro first told me how much her course was two and a half years ago, and I contracted so much and I got so small and in so much fear and in so much scarcity. And I didn't do that this time. I looked at it and I said, okay, how is this going to fit into my plan of paying down my debt that I have for next year? My my plan is I will be debt-free next year. And so, like I said, I know the inflows that I have coming over the next few months and also potential inflows from whatever comes in through my business. I'm actively working to create additional income. And so... When I went to go make this financial commitment, I one, knew that this was something that was going to help me. This was an additional investment in myself. And I just knew and I just said, okay, this is something that I have to do right now. And I did. And I'm so glad that I have done that because I've only been working with this therapist for maybe three sessions. And I've just noticed such huge shifts. And this is like, if I don't, have like if if that's the sacrifices that I don't go out to dinner or I can't order in or whatever it is, you know, for like a few weeks or a month, but I'm able to make this commitment to myself, then that to me is where I want my money to be going and the direction I want my money to be going in. I don't shop like I used to. I actually barely shop at all because I don't have that need to and I'm not trying to fill those voids like I was before. And so a lot of these things have lifted. And it's not that I never buy things if I do if I need something. And so a lot of these habits and behaviors that I've had have shifted as I've been able to do more emotional healing, which is exactly why this brand is to help people on emotional and mental level with their money so that other people can have these shifts with their money and their finances as well and ultimately get to the goals that they want. And that's like something else is I have like a lot of goals that I want to reach. And so in order for me to get to those goals, I need to have the right support around me. And that's what I've been investing in. And now anything that I put on my credit card, every single thing that I put on it is in alignment with my goals. There is nothing that I've put on my credit card that does not go in alignment with my goals. And so that's the big shift for me is of what aligned debt is. Is this expense that I'm going to make? The way that I look at it is debt is a loan. You actually are taking out a loan. Like you should look at a credit card. It is a line of credit that you make with a financial institution. And it is a loan from a bank that you are borrowing money that you do not have. And so That's the way that you should be looking at a credit card. That is how I look at my credit card is it's like, this is a loan. And is this purchase worth me taking a loan for because there is interest charged on it? And so just also like part of my 
what I'm doing right now with my credit card is I have my American Express card and I opened up a Bank of America card that has zero interest until it was 18 months. So I think I have until the end of next year to pay off my credit card balance at zero interest. And so I have done a balance transfer from my American Express card to the zero interest card. Because part of the worst part about being in the debt cycle is you can just be paying off the interest on your card and not making any progress on your principal. And so that helped me a lot because then it alleviated some of the stress that I was feeling of, okay, like, I know that this is a loan, I know I'm going to be able to pay this off when I get my bonus. And when this additional income comes in, and you know, these other additional income streams that I have, but when it's accumulating interest, it just doesn't make sense. And so I did open up that credit card, which did buy me a little bit of time to reach my goal of being debt free next year. And so this is where I've worked with my mentor on this. And I've set this plan for myself. So it's not like I'm accumulating debt without a plan to pay it down. This was a loan that I needed to take to invest in myself with a plan and a timeline to pay it down. And I don't want to give the impression that I support incurring debt. I think that it's a very personal thing and it needs to be what's in alignment for yourself and how you feel about it. I've done a lot of work around my debt and around how I feel about it and my finances on a mental and emotional level. And so I'm able to her a little bit more than I would have like a couple years ago, because I would have been in so much fear. And so this is where it, it helps to work with a coach. Because then you can have somebody to talk these things through because we can convince ourselves and rationalize everything. Like we can tell ourselves that something that is a want is really a need. It's like, well, I really need this thing. And it's like, you actually don't. And while well, this thing is in alignment with my goals, and it's like our brain and our mind can trick us into thinking that it's in alignment with for our goals and for our future. But really, in the end, it can be something that it's just like we just want because we want it. And so that's where having finance coach, a personal finance coach can come in and can help you figure that out and navigate that situation and also somebody to hold you accountable. And the accountability piece is so huge because it's really hard to do on your own, to figure out a plan, to stay consistent with the plan and to be able to execute it all on your own. And so that's a really big reason of why I do one-on-one -on -one coaching is because I absolutely love helping people formulate plans to pay down their debt and to reach their goals because there is nothing more rewarding than seeing someone start to pay down their debt and start to get closer to their goals or they start to reach their goals. Not everybody has debt. And so sometimes people come in and they're like, I don't have debt. And we can just start working on their goals and putting their money in order. So wherever you are, there's always, I feel, room for support. So that's where I'm at today. Today, I have more peace with my money than I've had in the past. But I also, I won't lie and say that I don't feel the burden of not being debt free. and. Like I said before, this was just a year that I invested heavily in myself. I won't always be making this much of a financial commitment to myself and to my mental health as I've done this past couple of years. 
but this is just what I needed to do. And I still also, like I said, I always put money into my 401k. So I take money and I, I save for my retirement. I have money taken from my checking account and put into my savings. I still have my emergency savings. Could I take my savings and pay off my credit card? Yes. But because I have zero interest to pay that down, I just keep my emergency savings. And that's just a personal choice as well. So there's no right or wrong. It also depends on what your circumstances are and what your financial situation looks like. And everybody's circumstances and financial situation and income is different. And that's why what works for somebody might not work for everyone, which is another reason of why it it can be extremely helpful to work with a finance coach is to get a plan that works for you in your financial situation. So that's where I'm at today. I'm still working on my money journey. It is always an evolutionary process, but I have made a lot of shifts. And that's exactly what I want to help other people with is I know how much freedom it can be when you start to shift your mindset around your money and start to feel a lot of the fear lift from you. And I want everybody to feel that. I really do. And so that's where I'm at today. I do have my goals for next year. And I also know that there are certain things that I'm very much believing in as far as, you know, just keeping faith that everything I'm doing today and all the work that I've done and laying the groundwork. And it's really like these past couple of years, I've planted so many seeds that I know are going to sprout and grow over the next year or two or whenever that timing isn't really up to me. But I just know that all of this will blossom at a certain point. There is an element of faith that comes in and that I just have faith in everything that I'm doing and working towards will help me further on my financial journey to get me to where I want to go and help me reach the bigger financial goals that I have and the bigger dreams that I have. And so it's all just part of a much bigger process that takes a lot of time. And unfortunately, like when you plant seeds, they just don't grow overnight. And I wish that they would, but it just doesn't work that way. And so there is an element of faith that I have that everything that I'm doing is just working out for my highest self and everything that I really am holding true to and envisioning for my future. And so much of this is like, I love helping people with this aspect of their life so much. And I can tell you that all of this fear and shame and spending, it does not go away with making more money. You have the same habits and behaviors that you have, regardless if you make more money than you did before. And that I just know, I know from what I've seen with working with clients in wealth management. It's so important on a fundamental level to shift these habits and these behaviors. And I think that having the right support can make all of the difference. That is my money story and my money journey and where I'm at today. 
always reach out if you want to share parts of your money story and journey with me. I'd always love to hear if there's stuff that you're struggling with or you need help with or even wins that you've had. So always reach out to me with any comments or questions. And thank you for joining me on this episode. And I will see you on the next one. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Money Diaries. I always encourage you to reach out to me with any comments, questions, or if you need support, or if there's any topics you would like covered on an episode of The Money Diaries, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Wall Street Girl Next Door. And I will see you on our next episode.